Welcome to Antimatter Pod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext, and subspace, hosted by Annika and Liz. Today we're talking about Leslie, not Wesley, Crusher. What a concept. I don't know about you, but when I was about 10 or 11 and found out that Wesley could have been a girl, I was so mad. And I still think that's a real missed opportunity. I don't remember when I found out. I was definitely when I was an adult. It was like the show had been over for a while and, and I found out. And it was it was like, oh, huh. Hmm. Like I didn't I didn't feel cheated because it was sort of it was done. And I, I had I had other characters to care about. Yes. But I do remember, you know, having that, oh, huh, and sort of stopping and thinking about it for a minute and then moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know that I could have been said to have moved on as such. I was, I still think that it was a really interesting idea that they should have gone with. I do think it was a really interesting idea. I do think, uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts, so I'm glad we're doing this, but... yes. By the time I had found out, like I said, it was it was so much after the fact. I had a like I knew who Wesley was, mm. and I didn't want to re. And also, I should say, like, gender bending in fan fiction is a big thing, and I yes. really don't read any of them. Like, I don't oh, like okay. gender bent characters. Just as a, I don't like if it's I'm making a a movie and I'm going to. Take it like Starbuck. I like Starbuck yes. in Battlestar Galactica because it was a new take on the character. Yes. But I don't, like, but I have these weird ideas of, like, just changing the gender of, I don't know, it's weird, it's weird. So it was like, Wesley was already Wesley to me and I couldn't imagine him as Leslie. Oh, no, that makes a certain amount of sense. I had a relationship with Wesley <laughs> in my head. I mean, who didn't really? <laughs> we we say as people who are quite young when we watch TNG. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> yes. It was acceptable. Yes. So uh, I kind of got to thinking about Leslie again when I was listening to The Trek Files, which is a really great podcast where basically Larry Nemechek has access to extensive Roddenberry archives and memos and letters and... You know, they're 20-minute episodes where he and a guest sit down and pick one memo and talk about it. And so there were two dealing with Leslie Crusher. Uh, One is dated... Hold on, I'm going back. I should say all of these memos are available on the Trek Files Facebook group. We are shamelessly using their resources and we'll link them in the show notes. Uh, This one is dated November 25, 1986. It's from David Gerald to Gene Roddenberry, Ed Milkus and Bob Justman, so the production team at the time. And it's essentially about character relationships. And the notes about Geordie are, he's charmed by Leslie Crusher. Perhaps he feels big brotherly towards her. God help the man who lays a hand on her in his presence. Indeed, should Leslie have a crush on anyone, Geordie might feel too protective. So that's um interesting. Yes, and then we have a whole page on Leslie. So bear with me while I read this whole thing. Intellectually, she is the equal of anyone on the ship. Emotionally, she's still vulnerable. Father-daughter relationship with Captain Picard. Occasional jealousy because Picard is dating her mother, if only. But mostly the kind of things that they can talk about as responsible people. She is one of our people who does not hold the captain in awe. Perhaps because of the fact that he is dating her mother. Rub it in, guys. (laughs) To her, she's just this nice guy who comes to dinner a lot and is full of nifty explanations about this wonderful, neat toy called the Enterprise. Nifty. You can really tell that these people are well up on what contemporary teens were into. (laughs) Big sister relationship with Macha, and that's Macha Hernandez who became Tasha Yar when they completely failed to hire a Latina actress. She tells Macha things that she wouldn't even tell her own mother. Macha has a different quality of advice for Leslie, more earthy, perhaps even occasionally inappropriate. Leslie loves Macha for her independence. I love this. Very formal, polite relationship with number one. That's Riker. 
does she have a secret crush on him? I don't have a read on this one yet. Mmm. Ditto. No sense of the relationship with Troy. Big brother relationship with Geordie. She teases him lovingly. Geordie, do you know that you're black? Geordie looks at himself. Actually, I'm dark blue with bright claw striping. Claw? You can't see it. It's the colour beyond ultraviolet. I'm like, oh my god, Leslie, you can't just ask someone if they know that they're black. (laughs) And also that, 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 that little bit, you know, separate from this discussion just makes me cringe so hard. I I almost left it out because I didn't want to say it, but then there was the opportunity to have a Mean Girls reference and I can't turn that down. (laughs) One last paragraph. Special relationship with Data. She is fascinated by him. She is charmed by him. Like all teenagers, she feels alienated from the people around her to some degree. Data is also an alien. Therefore, the two of them have a common ground in which to compare notes about life, love, and other human beings. And I think that's just charming. I think this was before Worf really became a character. So I think Data was... Yeah. Obviously, much of it's cringeworthy, but I'm so sad that we didn't get that relationship with Marcia Hernandez. You know, I like Ya, but I think an earthy, sexy woman mentoring a teenager would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, all of it has a lot of potential. And it's interesting how they have these ideas about all of these different characters and and none of that really is (laughs) like nothing that you just said happened so i feel like some of the stuff with data and wesley comes out but yeah it's not i mean maybe i just haven't watched it recently enough but i never got that relationship between data and wesley No, it was never as strong as they suggest here, but, like, Wesley is one of the people that Data calls in to meet his daughter, Lal, and and Mm. stuff like that. But is that them both being outsiders and very naive together, or is that just because Wesley is an engineering genius? (laughs) Yeah, who knows. And the the Geordi stuff, Wesley and Geordi do have a good relationship. Yes. I would say more mentor than brother brother Lee I agree but that gets there yeah uh, but he doesn't I I mean yeah the fact that that it was Wesley and Jordy as the mentors like there's nothing groundbreaking about that no where I do agree that that the matcha and Leslie mentor relationship would have been much more uh, unique. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how Leslie doesn't seem to have a relationship with her mother? Well, no one no one does other than apparently Picard. But uh, none of that happened either. So, I mean, I shouldn't say. Obviously, it happened enough for all of us to be mad about it. But, but as a it thing, was always which... just sort of a... a it, it was more of a... Will they, won't they, no they won't, is really, yeah. is really how yeah. it came across. I'm just charmed by this idea that Picard's just this nice man who comes around <laughs> for dinner. And it's like, is Leslie seeing him in his pyjamas? Is there, like, <laughs> it, is he leaving the toilet seat up in their quarters? And in that case, I mean, Wesley is, like, he looks up to Picard more than anyone else on that ship. Yes. Um, which is as it should be, because he's the captain and also has a, a mentor relationship because of his relationship with his mother and father. Like, it makes perfect sense for Picard to occupy the space that he does for Wesley, but it yes. is definitely is like the opposite of that paragraph. He looks up to Picard and cares about Picard's opinion of him more than anyone else. Yes, yes. He has... Picard absolutely on a pedestal, as we all should, but I I just, part of the reason that I wish we had had Leslie is because, I I, I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of someone who reads a lot of current YA fiction, so I'm picturing this really well-drawn female character who has adventures and has a coming-of-age story in 1980s science fiction which was really really rare then it's kind of still is now for girls to get that story in mainstream science fiction 
But the thing is, this was 1986, and I don't actually think we were going to get this amazing feminist storytelling. Yeah. So that based on Beverly Crusher and Deanna Troy and Tasha Yar, mm. like, yeah. they would not. <laughs> they, would, yeah. they would not have had the, the depth of character that we would want. I mean, based on Wesley Crusher, they would not have had. No. <laughs> she would not have had the depth of character that we want. I mean, all of Next Generation, unless you're Picard, and, it, like, eventually Data, but even Data in the beginning was really a one-note character. Yes. Picard is the only one who who had, like, depth. And I think that even Picard, at the beginning, they were just sort of resting on the laurels of Patrick Stewart. Like, oh, absolutely. He was giving Picard the depth just by existing as Patrick Stewart plays Picard. You know, none of them really got meaty until it got going. And Wesley never did. And honestly, Beverly and Deanna never did. You know, no, you they get got glimpses sort of... and single episodes, but nothing, nothing as solid as anything Worf or Riker or Data got. Right. So, so and, it's, mm. and it's sort of like maybe Leslie would have been this magic character that they would care about. Certainly, um, in the other memo that you, linked, I was just about to say, yeah, it's why don't you read it? So, okay, this one's dated. December 18, 1986, and it's from Dorothy Fontana to Jean Roddenberry, re-Leslie Crusher. I am noticing a disturbing trend in story proposals. I proposed a Leslie-focused story. Steve Boyett has proposed two stories, one of which directly concerns Leslie, and the other of which we are proposing could be a Leslie story. John D.F. Black has proposed a story which I believe is now in work, which focuses on Leslie. Aren't we thinking a bit too much about this girl and not enough about our other people? I have a gut feeling that too many Leslie stories will drive our audience away because they will perceive it to be a kiddie show. It won't be, but a hint of that is all it takes. Perhaps I'm jumping the gun on this, but I hope the next few story proposals I see or hear are centred around the other series leads. And I think Dorothy was right. What I want to know, I'm very interested in this because it's... It's, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know what, why it would inspire them. You know, I don't know why this would happen. Mm. I don't know why this would be an issue. And I was trying to, you know, think, are there a lot of Wesley stories? And there are more Wesley stories than you might imagine, given the whole, the whole crew. Yes. So they didn't really clamp down on the <laughs> on the quote-unquote problem and you know were these Wes- did these leslie stories become wesley stories yes yeah. i we, we, i'm curious because a lot of the wesley stories it doesn't matter like it they're not boy centric they're not gendered no I no guess. you know they, i think they would work just as well as a as a leslie story and i'm just curious Perhaps my, my idea as to why Wesley and Leslie get to be point of view characters so often or the central character is because they are an easy audience self-insert. Mm. Yeah, they're young, they're teenagers, they're uh, wide-eyed and enthusiastic, just like Trekkies. And I do think that some of the animosity to Wesley is because people... He, he reminded fans a little too much of themselves. Yeah. Or, or they thought that he was supposed to be like a... That he was supposed to remind them of themselves mm. and they didn't take it... Like, they didn't consider it flattering. Yes. Uh, a few years earlier, Doctor Who had a companion who was also a teenage boy engineering and mathematical genius. And, and he was very explicitly created to sort of embody the fandom. And it didn't go well. He was not a well-written or well-acted character. And the fandom didn't really like the suggestion that this is how they were perceived. And so, yeah, Wesley sort of... I think Wesley is a better character than Adric, but... It's sort of the same, the same problem. And I think it's also that fandom hostility to anything that smacks of a Mary Sue or a Gary Stew. 
Yes. And and that is part of the whole the problem with Next Generation that I was um, speaking about earlier that none of the characters are have a lot of depth. Yeah. <laughs> they're all yeah. they're all more a collection of character traits than an actual character. You know, certainly in the beginning. And that's yes. That's not abnormal for television. <laughs> you know, it's it's fine. Um but it definitely stands out and Wesley's char- collection of character traits are, are you know, lend themselves to a Mary Sue, Gary Stu. And he's literally named after Gene Roddenberry. Right. So. Uh, it, it, I believe part of the reason that Rob Justman suggested making Wesley into Leslie was to avoid the impression of a self-insert, which is an old trick that I've done back when I was new at creating original characters for fic, if I thought they might be perceived as a bit of a Mary Sue, I would make them a boy. And no one ever called me out on it. I got away with it. (laughs) So what do we think would change? Like, would the audience reaction be different, better, worse? Uh... You know, while I was researching this episode, I came across a thread on the Trek BBS and it was basically men fantasizing about which sexy actress would play Leslie. Ugh. And that's so wrong. <laughs> I just... It was it was deeply off-putting and the nicest thing that I have to say about it is that all the actresses that they suggested were much too old for the role. So there was no like underage girl fantasy happening but still you know we're talking about a character who would have been a 14 year old girl and I think fandom would have been pretty gross I mean there was the whole like when the countdown to Emma Watson being 18 Mm, mm. (laughs) just just what is wrong with people and Millie Bobby Brown now oh yeah and this was the 80s you know it was not a time of particularly enlightened attitudes towards women, unlike this glorious age of 2019. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, I think it would have been... But would it have tempered any of the animosity towards Wesley as a character? Uh... Like, would it, would it... I'm going to just going to... This is not a compliment, but maybe they would Mm. have assumed that... She, you know, they're, they're, I don't know how to explain this, but they, they would assume that she wasn't, a, you know, she wasn't a, a genius. She, yeah, she wasn't a threat because yeah. she yeah. was a girl. I strongly suspect that that might have been the case from male fans, but that female fandom would have been incredibly hostile to her. Because, you know, Star Trek is the fandom that con- conceived the concept of the Mary Sue and is very wary of your overpowered female character. And so Leslie saves the ship once and, you know, the the pitchforks come out. That's horrible too. These are all horrible reactions that upset me on, on I'm sorry. various levels. I mean, I'm, I don't think you're wrong. I'm just upset at, you know, I... Humanity? I want us to be better. I think that at the same time that adult fans were having this reaction, I think the people like us who are watching as As children or young adults, yeah, a whole generation of people would be growing up seeing a a girl engineering genius. And that that is still a really rare trope in in media. We have heaps and heaps of boy engineering geniuses. I think there's a whole subcategory of characters who are explicitly inspired by Wesley, but I I think Leslie would have added a new twist and that would have been really exciting. How many girls would have been inspired to become engineers or mathematicians because of Leslie Crusher? Yeah, there is definitely a lot of, uh, discussion about how Voyager's women inspired mm. a lot of young women to go into STEM. 
on be, because they existed in the in those roles. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they didn't have to be they didn't have to be special or geniuses or the best at that. Uh, just no, the fact no. that they they had that they had the authority of of I I am the captain who was a scientist. Yes. I am the engineer. And and I'm not saying that they aren't geniuses. I think that Balan is one of the smartest people in all of Star Trek, easily. Oh yeah. I think people just sleep on that because she's a dropout and a woman of colour and oh, yeah. mixed species who has a temper. Exactly. But But yeah. But you know, maybe that would have started earlier if a Leslie existed. Yes. Yes. Uh, I really do think that there, you know, right. If, if Leslie has, had existed right now, we would be looking at articles on Tor.com and BuzzFeed going, Leslie Crusher is the greatest, <laughs> is the feminist heroine for a generation. What an interesting world that would be. I know. And I also think that there would be less hostility to, uh, you know, the, the Rays and the Captain Marvels and, you know, less of a, a knee-jerk girls can't, women can't be heroines reaction if a generation of fanboys had grown up with Leslie. Hmm. See, it's an interesting thought. Experiment? Experiment. Thank you. I couldn't come up with the word. Um, <laughs> because we, did, we do have, it's not like there are no women or, no, or young no. women. No, I you cited Leia when I, I suggested... Right. That Leia, Leia has always existed, and she's, you know, she's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, that joke where Luke knows that she's his sister because she's the only woman he's ever met. Yes. And so it's a, it's a weird thing, but she did exist, and she was strong. And I also, I, I was also on a panel once where um, one of the panelists said, Leia is a great character by accident that yes. they forgot to do anything with her. And so she exhibits all it, you know, she, she never falls to the dark side or, or struggles with that. Be, uh, be, you know, she's, she's considered to be strong enough to avoid the trap. Mm. Um, whereas Luke does struggle with it, but it's not because they meant to do that. It's because they forgot to give her anything to do. And, and didn't write any of that into it. Yes. <laughs> so yes. It's, it's, it's not on purpose, but she becomes this amazing character because of that. And so it's, it's sort of like, would the Leslie character really have that much of an impact or, or would it have still been, you know, or would she be another Leia, another Hermione? Yeah, um, you know, yeah. And, and then those characters have huge impacts. I'm not saying that they they didn't, but they. But maybe I'm overstating. Yeah, it. The, the 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 article about how Leslie Crusher would, you know, was a revolution for young women. It's like that seems a little bit of a dream world to me, because. Well, you wanted something positive and optimistic. <laughs> yes, and I appreciate that you gave it to me. <laughs> Um, I'm just, I, you know, I have a, like a hashtag that I'm always putting out there, support teen girls, because mm. they are so maligned at all times. Right, right. And, you know, I go to a lot of YA book launches and my favorite thing to do is to sit quietly and eavesdrop on the teenage girls because they are some of the smartest and most savage media critics around. There was one particular book that... I thought was a bit average and I got to listen to these girls absolutely shred it to pieces in the most intelligent way and I'm like I'm just so proud of you I wouldn't have been able to express myself so articulately at your age you're so confident and, yeah you know. and that is something that I think that that they have gotten out of the Leia's and the Hermione's yeah the, yeah the confidence to be a part of the conversation to say hey yes I exist I matter just as much as the boys yes and it's not that you know I did not have a childhood devoid of female female heroes I read remarkably few books about boys but they the specific stem engineering genius type yeah. was a type that I didn't see 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, for me personally, I, I don't feel like I'm that old, but, but when I was in middle school and high school, mm. I wanted to be a cetacean biologist like Jillian Taylor, Aww. and no one believed me. Like, what? they didn't. Uh, they, I mean, I do believe this. No one supported that idea. They said, "You're you're going to be an actress." You, you can play okay. you can play a marine biologist. Like I don't know if they misunderstood what I was saying. They in my you know, my ambition was to be in Star Trek, not mm. to be this but I but I mean I, I literally said I want to be a cetacean biologist and I knew the word cetacean like that was the word I was using not even marine biologist. I wanted to be a cetacean yeah, that's biologist. Specific and as. I did not do that because no I didn't have anybody telling me how I didn't have anybody saying you can go you know study biology study you know there was nothing there was no support Mm. for that idea no and I told the story on enterprising individuals the other week about my mother wanting to be an astrophysicist and being told that girls weren't good enough at maths and yeah she is very bad at maths my mother but that's not because she's a girl and I'm I will say that my daughter mm. got her BA in environmental science and her specialization was marine <gasps> science. That's amazing. So it was like, I, I didn't tell her what to study, but I feel like I, I supported her <laughs> in that goal. Yeah, yeah. And so it, at least, you know, I learned from my experience and yes. at least we are – we are moving forward. And of course, there is more support in the schools now. People don't yes. say girls are bad at math anymore. At least they no, they no, get yelled at if they do. <laughs> so it's we are moving the needle. It is happening. Yeah. But there it's a you know, it's years and years and years of the idea. You know, I work in a science department and it's we are still working really hard to recruit women mm, and, and then to keep them right exactly because their the mentorship is it's really hard it's so difficult to to create what you know a pipeline of uh, yes. of of how you know because there's fewer and fewer the higher up you go yep so we're we're getting better, and but so this is a long story to say. Absolutely, the the scientist and engineering girl character is still one in a million. Yes, and yet at the same time, I'm sure she would have been the subject of really gro- gross leering plot lines, and apparently Geordie's going to make sure she never dates anyone. Yeah. Also, and... never put Jordy LaForge in charge of your romantic relationships. <laughs> no. I feel really badly for Jordy a lot of the time because I, I think he suffers from they were trying to tell a story of awkward and they told the story of creepy. Yeah, I feel bad for LeVar Burton because he's so good looking and talented and charming and so little of that is reflected in Geordie. And to be honest, Geordie feels like an afterthought to a point where it starts to seem a little bit racist. And I know Worf was a much bigger presence, but then I think playing an alien makes it different. So, yeah, Star Trek, hashtag problematic. <laughs> I am imagining the Leslie goes on her first date episode, and it's pretty terrifying, I have to admit. Is it... Leslie and some boy, because of course it's a boy, in 10 forward, and then two tables over, the entire senior staff is scowling at them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, so Wesley's first romance was with the girl who turned into a bear. Yes! A a bear alien. But, so, you know, that, that, like, if that was a boy, I mean, God, I could write you know, a 10,000 word essay on 
young women's sexuality and werewolves mm. <laughs> like and how how all of that is is a metaphor for sex just on the premise of leslie falls in love with a werewolf who is also a space prince though i feel like you know go leslie get that pretty werewolf werebear oh, man prince werebear prince that's a <laughs> It's amazing to, to imagine. Everything about that is amazing to imagine. I feel like that we've just uncovered a whole subcategory of romance novel. <laughs> Where bear prints in space. Yes, I don't read romance, but I would make an exception for that. I think it might be the plot of that. Um, it's like a Jupiter ascending. Is that the, the movie? You know... I think you're right. And, you know, there is a movie about a young woman in space, you know, a young woman having space adventures, and it was completely dismissed for being too girly. And I'm going to go on the record, I thought it was a perfectly good movie. It was no sillier than Star Wars. Yeah, everything, I mean, this this goes into the teen girls are the butt of every joke, and yes. are given no respect by anyone, including other teen girls. On mm. that, right? Yeah. If it's if it's too girly, then all of a sudden it becomes. I mean, Bad. you can look at Star Wars, and and people are really angry at the idea that Ray is has is having the same story as as Luke, when you know just because she's a girl like that's the only reason yeah yeah and i i love ray and i want ray to be tempted by the dark side and i want her to redeem her arch nemesis and do everything that luke did and maybe not retire to an island to be sad with porgs but the rest of it i'm fine with yeah and and i mean i love ray so much I, I love everyone in Star Wars, but Rey is so amazing. You know, this whole, she's been revealed as, as dark Rey. Mm. I have said from the beginning, from Force Awakens, that Rey gets her power from the dark side. Because she yeah. makes these amazing angry faces. And we haven't seen those angry faces since Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and it's, it's just... She's so powerful, and she's powerful because of all of this rage. Mm. And it reminds me again of Leia being, I honestly, I firmly believe that, and again, this is a headcanon, it's not intentional, but that <laughs> Leia channels her anger, and that's why she's so good at force control, which she has to be in order to block herself the fact block the fact that she's mm. vader's daughter from vader right right you know she uses the force minimally but when she does she's shown to be super powerful mm. and i think that's because she has a relationship with the force that is balanced she does she's not afraid of dark emotions and ray is clearly you know they this is intentional ray is not afraid yeah. of dark emotions I think in a way, this is not a Star Wars podcast, but I think in a way she is because she is has grown up alone and self-reliant and has always had to be in control. And that is why she's never quite acknowledged her, her inner darkness because if she gave in to that, she wouldn't be in control and that would leave her vulnerable. But I think that a lot of the stuff about Rey and Leia is about... Uh, the power of women's anger and that's something we don't often see and to bring this back to star trek which this isn't allegedly a podcast about <laughs> so you don't I want me to thinking, talk about captain marvel and frozen now i do but i'm probably <laughs> going to edit it out but i was going to say like the women of next gen don't get angry tasha is more likely to cry than shout and then she dies and Deanna and Beverly are both very soft-spoken, they're conciliatory. Beverly is incredibly sarcastic and acerbic, but she rarely gets angry. And that's why it's such a shock when uh, Ensign Rowe comes in and why in Emissary, Bajoran women are treated as some kind of galactic outlier because they're so pissed all the time. 
and, and it got me thinking about Leslie. And have you ever met anyone who is angrier than a teenage girl? <laughs> no. I mean, right. Yeah. Hmm. Like, maybe it's just me, but I found my diary from the year I was 13, 14. And I'm like, honey, you have so much repressed rage. Maybe you should have admitted to yourself that you were having a feeling. Right. And I th- and think that is what I mean by Ray not being afraid. I don't mm. exactly mean that she... I feel like she... She's not afraid of it existing. She's maybe afraid right. of when it happens. But I, that's, mm-hmm. that's normal, again, to any teenage girl, to any person. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you feel out of control, you don't like it. But she's not angry at the anger. She's angry yes. at not being able to control it. Whereas all yes. of the Jedi are angry at the anger. But maybe especially teenage girls, uh, maybe this is universal, but you're told that the worst thing you can be is angry and the most dangerous thing you can be is angry. Right. I, I think it's, it's more women than men. Like, men are allowed to be angry. Right, right. It's still, it's still a, a bad. It's bad emotions and it's, it's not acceptable behavior, mm. but it is allowed, whereas in women and especially Especially in girls. Yeah. And so that's why it's exciting to see it in Ray. It's exciting to see it in Captain Marvel. And it's and exciting it's, to see it in Elsa. And it's sad to think that we wouldn't have gotten to see that in Leslie. Right. And I, I, I don't think we would have. I think that she mm. would have been required to be sad when, instead of angry, mm. um, but probably kind and and even you know Wesley is whiny more than anything it, it, in terms of negative emotions, uh, and I can imagine that she would have that that same role. I mean, I can imagine again, mm. there, nothing changes. None of these stories that were told about Wesley require him to be a boy. No, no, even setting aside the, the, the gendered nature, of, I mean, the, the heteronormativity right. of next-gen era Star Trek, you know, just find your, your male equivalent of Ashley Judd and off you go. I bet a male equivalent of Ashley Judd would be really handsome. <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm going to be thinking about that for the next, like, until this comes out. When this comes You're out, welcome. I will have a male equivalent of Ashley Judd for you. It's going to be great. Awesome. I can't wait. But yeah, none of, none of it. Wesley is mostly not a gendered character. And I guess the lost opportunity of Wesley is more about the possibility of seeing a girl stem genius. But even then, like watching the episodes with the Traveller, I'm kind of like, why is this ancient superpowered being so yeah. interested in this teenage boy? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. That is, that is. And, and that is it where ramps it would, up that's, with a girl. Right. That's where it would be more problematic is because people are conditioned, or and certainly we're in the 80s, we're conditioned mm. to, you know, have a, a pre- like, like Jordy, to be like, I have to protect her from all of the predators. And, yes. you know, I'm not opposed to someone thinking, hey, maybe let's protect this teenager from the creepy alien. But that wasn't something Absolutely. that was written into the story. Um, no, and no so, one's like, hey, maybe we should keep this guy, this traveler guy away from Wesley. So maybe they should have, I'm just saying. Yeah. So something I wanted to talk about are who are the Leslies that do show up in Star Trek? Ah, yes. Because I think we do get some we eventually yes as the series goes on and we move on to the other franchises uh you mentioned amanda uh the q amanda rogers yes which i thought was a really canny choice well she is a, a you know you maybe people don't always remember this part of that episode but she was a, a space genius yes beverly was supporting her science project it was she was a a fellow, I guess, 
brought, you know, who won her way onto the Enterprise to do it's her. Basically, she is Peter Parker. She won the internship on the Enterprise the way he did for Stark Industries. Exactly. Only without being pa- Spider Man. And she is also, you know, this sweet, awkward. She has a relationship with Beverly. And a major crush on Riker. And major crush on Riker. And she has all of the, you know, she gets the Q powers because she's secretly a Q. So she's secretly super powerful and, and more than she appears. And so there was, it felt like a template of, yes, we're going we're gonna to make a one-off version of the, if this potential character. Yes. And even that, that, um, story was pitched with a boy learning that he's Q and they flipped it to avoid Gary Stu implications. That's so funny. This, the technique works. I, I guess, apparently. I mean, I really, I want her to be a girl. I, I want Same. that character to be a girl. And so I'm very happy that she was not. No, I agree. And not just because Olivia Dabo was amazing in the role. Yeah, she, that's I. I love that whole story. It's they. It's yeah. Again, it's a one-off random episode, <laughs> but I really care about that character. I cared about her right away, and that's definitely a lot to do with the performance. Um, but it was also a well put together idea. Yeah, yeah, and and it's there's just a certain amount of wish fulfillment. Yeah, I mean, but, and I am a, a strong supporter of you know, who cares if it's a Mary Sue, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, you know, I've I've always said that they call male Marys they don't call male Mary Stews Gary Stew they call them the protagonist. Yes, I call them Gary Stews, but that's because I I'm obnoxious and I would rather see a million Mary Sues than one more Gary Stew, frankly. Exactly. So, sorry guys. I think it's great to give, you know, it's sort of like the, it's like the, the Twilight argument. What is wrong with there being a girl feeling invisible and then the most wonderful, beautiful boy in school finds her to be the most special thing that he's ever seen? Yeah. You know, yeah. What is wrong with this wish fulfillment idea? So in Amanda, I would want I would want to know I would want to find out that I was secretly a super powerful alien who could make puppies out of thin air. That sounds amazing. The best superpower. You have Naomi Wildman on your list as well as possible mm. possible Leslie. Yeah, and I will I will say and when I'm when I thought was thinking uh, as we were talking about it, I was like, oh, you know who on on Voyager is really the Wesley character? It's Kess. Yes, um, She's which <laughs> incredibly young and a genius, and and just has secret powers. Yeah, and um, I will say that she certainly did not. The story did not serve her well, and the fandom doesn't give her a lot of respect. So, if uh, if she is a Leslie analog, we can see a little bit of what the reaction might be. Yes, that's very true. But Naomi is a very successful. She's younger than, yes. than a, a Leslie Wesley. She's portrayed as a pretty realistic child. Mm. She's not an acting ensign. She's not even, she doesn't have real responsibilities unless something goes terribly wrong. She's right. just a kid on a starship who, as the only child and not one of dozens, we assume, has access to the senior staff yeah so and she's also not a regular character i think that helps her as well yes i i think that it definitely helps her that they didn't have to create stories around her and the one when they do they're not really great (laughs) she's better Uh, she's better in you know serving other people's story she's really good at that but I do have a lot of affection for Naomi, and I think that she can, certainly she can be a, a an, an audience insert character for that age group. Yes, yes. And she's charming. Yeah, yeah, she's 
uh, played by a talented young actress and she's mostly pretty well written and with a handful of exceptions they stay away from the temptation to make it too too cute right she she comes off as smart like you you said not not um special but definitely smart and yeah and i like it's it's inter- it's different I mean, voyager wasn't supposed to have kids and families no. whereas the enterprise was but i think that they portray child on the ship better in voyager than they do in wesley's three seasons he i, yes. I don't i don't ever really get a good handle on Wesley's relationship outside of his bridge. Yes. Uh, when I successfully write, pitch my uh, series of middle grade tie-in novels about the kids on the Enterprise who aren't acting ensigns, they're all going to be like, look, it's okay to do well in class, you know, you don't want to fail, but don't be too much of a swat or you'll end up like Wesley Crusher and nobody wants that. That guy has no friends his own age. <laughs> exactly. That's not necessarily good advice for life, but mm-hmm. it is, I think, a reasonable reflection of how actual kids would feel about Wesley. And then I, my, my final suggestion for a, a, a Leslie or Leslie inspired was Tilly. Which I'm going to talk about Una McCormack's The Way to the Stars once again, <laughs> but that ends with Tilly as a 16, 17 year old living on a starship with her dad and finishing school that way and basically talking her way into working in engineering and going on away missions. And at one point she saves everyone. And I'm like, this is so great. This is what I always wanted. Maybe it's a step too far. No, it's what I always wanted. Exactly. I, I do think Tilly is very Wesley-like, and we see that in the way people react to her, which is often not very positive. Right. Uh, wrongly so. Plenty of people love her, but oh, yeah. there is a very vocal outcry against her that she is too... She's given too much Weird. to do. Yeah, she's too too yeah. strange. She comes off as as unrealistic, and and then saves the day. And and it's sort of like, well, she's smart enough that she was taken out of the academy and put on this starship because yeah, she has yeah. the skills that no one else, all who's already an officer, has. So I feel like. She saved the day because that was her job and that's why she was put on the ship. Yeah, and Discovery is a lot like the Enterprise in that there are no idiots on this ship except possibly the guys in command. But this is a science ship whose crew right. are the best of the best in terms of weird science. So I love Tilly and I think that I can, uh, if, if Leslie was written today, I think that she mm. would be more like Tilly. I agree. Um, or And certainly the Tilly that was in the book. Yes. I was thinking that if Simon and Schuster ever wanted to do like a line of what if, Marvel style, uh, a novel about Leslie Crusher would be a really interesting way to go. Yeah. And, and because like I said, I don't want her to be written as if it's 1987. I want a writer from 2019 to go back to 1987 and make that happen. And... and treat her with all the seriousness that a teenage character is treated now. Mm. DC Fontana was worrying that the presence of a teenager would make Next Gen seem like a kiddie <laughs> show. Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, now we have something like Stranger Things where we have the adults and we have the teenagers and we have the children. And it's by no means a show for children, but each age group gets their own arc and storyline and they're all written with respect. Yeah, and and it's funny because most of the people I've talked about would consider Next Generation a quote-unquote kiddie show. I would call it a family show, but yes, it, it's certainly... A, fa- a family show works, and, and those are, I mean, yeah. Netflix would say that's the same thing. Yes. Children and family. <laughs> and yes. so I it's it's funny to me that, you know, what, what was she... <laughs> what did she think it was going to play as 
even the original series has a an element of not hard sci-fi to it. You know, it, yeah. that's not what it is. Yeah. That's not what it's about. And so it just seems really snobby <laughs> of, uh, in my head. It's like, where, why, are you, why are you putting... And, and I, I love children and family. So I, I don't have. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I, you know, Star Wars should be geared to that age group. Doctor Who is geared to that age group. Like all of these things that are hugely popular, science fiction, fantasy. The Hobbit is was definitely written for middle grade yes. readers. It's like these things are not. Just because something is for kids doesn't mean that it's not amazing and great and and has a lot of potential and and can't teach you anything. It's supposed to teach you something. That's 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 what being for children and families is. Right. And the whole idea, you know, this is going to be a syndicated TV show. They knew that it could air at 5 p.m. There are other memos in the Trek files about that. So what is like I, I can see. Dorothy Fontana's concern I agree with it to a small extent but it's it's a bit much I mean maybe I I am now again in 2019 all of these things are the the biggest things Marvel Comics is the biggest movie franchise so that's true that's true so I think that from my perspective now it just seems laughable and I, but I can, I understand that 30 years ago, it, that was not true. That, yeah, that yeah. they were trying to, um, or they were in theory trying to get the attention of the science fiction, you know, drama type deal. Yes, yes. And, and you know, if they looked across the pond at Doctor Who, that was ostensibly family drama and it was not doing well creatively or ratings-wise at all. So I can see why they would look at that and go, mm, let's try to avoid going in that precise direction. Uh, I would be very surprised if they were aware of Doctor Who at the time, but, you know, it's kind of the only other franchise. Yeah, I remember watching them both. So did I, but I, I think my friends. particularly in the, eight, the, the late 80s, it was... Not a great time for Doctor Who. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it necessarily was the Doctor, like the contemporary Doctor Who that I was watching. Like I was Mm. watching Doctor Who on PBS, and it was like the fourth Doctor. (laughs) Like it was. Oh yeah, no, that was a few years earlier. It was not whatever was happening then, because that was going on. We didn't have BBC America when (laughs) when I was ten, so (sighs) I was watching Doctor Who on. PBS. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, just a couple of years after Next Gen aired, uh, Doctor Who's last classic companion was Ace, a teenage girl genius and pyromaniac who was basically a left-wing anarchist who underachieved at school and made explosions as her hobby, and she was amazing. And I just imagine if Leslie had, had existed around the same time. Right. Think of the thick. Yeah. So yes, definitely. Yeah. There a lot of things. I I think it would have been probably a net gain to have Leslie instead of Wesley. Yeah. For our particular circle of people. <laughs> being yes. being women. Maybe not fandom at large. <laughs> Maybe, but, you know, but and I don't know because Wesley is hated. Everybody hates him. I mean, that's obviously a generalization. But he is so reviled. Yeah, yeah, it is hard. It's sort of it's. I re. I really wonder if Leslie would be more welcomed, or just as reviled, Maybe. or worse. Yeah, it's, it's just again, yeah. it's just this a thought experiment that I'll we'll never have the answer to because we can't go back in time and change it. But it is interesting to think about. Going back to the the Kitty show, just briefly, I just find it so funny that now the argument is that Discovery 
is not enough for kids or family. It is not enough of a family show. I know, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just like we, we, we just keep sort of eating our tail. You know, I, I, I think Star Trek never has to be only one thing. And I am glad that there's going to be media that's appropriate for a family audience coming out again. But I'm also really glad that Discovery has the freedom to go dark when it needs to. And I, I don't like things to be gratuitously violent, but occasionally I think it's dishonest to tell a story without violence. And Certainly since they chose to tell a war story. Yes, yes. Uh, I was really off, put off by uh, the film adaptation of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, where there's no blood. I just felt like that was very dishonest. And that's why if I made children's movies, I would be leaving whole generations of traumatized children in my way. I was put off that the Hunger Games movie wasn't bloody enough. Yeah, It really bothered me that that was such a sanitized film. Because yeah, same. It, it was like it you the point. did not understand the story you were trying to tell. No, but you know, this that's another story about the anger and power of teenage girls. Right. Yeah, there was definitely a, a movement that happened in the past, I don't know, decade where mm. uh, the anger of teenage girls started boiling over. You know, you're saying that that we didn't have a lot of teen girls in science fiction, which is true. But they did, you know, there were two teen girls in Lost in Space. True. And this is going to be silly, but Judy Jetson. Yes. So, and even, you know, Leia was 19. Padme was 14 when (laughs) she was queen. Yes, yes. So the, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, again, it's interesting to think about that, spe- specifically with Lost in Space, because it was sort of contemporary to original series, that I, you know, I've seen like four episodes of the original Lost in Space, but I know that the older daughter, who's like an older teen, who young adult, you know, she yeah, was definitely yeah. a scientist-type person. Yes, and the really interesting thing about Lost in Space, I've seen every adaptation and every iteration except the most recent one on Netflix, but the role of the female characters evolves with for, for each era. Mm. And so in the I'm original sure. one, the girls were, you know, good characters but pretty passive. They didn't get to do very much. Right. Uh, the movie of the 90s with I want to say Matt LeBlanc and Heather Graham yes uh, amazing uh, the older daughter the older daughter becomes a doctor that's her role on the ship whereas I don't think it's really ever it was ever stated in the original Lost in Space mm-hmm. what her position was and then you had the 2004 remake with Jane Brooke as Maureen Robinson which naturally I watched because Jane Brooke and uh it had Adrian Palicki as Judy Robinson, and she's sort of a, a typical teenage girl who's not delighted to be going into space and away from all her friends, and it's a bit teen drama, but then the mother and daughter have a really honest conversation about sex and contraception and making responsible choices, and it was just, it was honest and not shamey and unexpectedly sophisticated for a not very good pilot. I was I have watched the Netflix one and I really enjoyed it. It's not great, but mm-hmm. it's definitely enjoyable. And I like the different things that they were doing. They made Judy younger. Mm. So she really does come off as a, a genius. Yeah. Techie girl. Yeah. Because just simply because she's she's younger and so she has sort of peaked uh, earlier. Yes. And uh, and the I, the mom is amazing. So, so I've heard this. So I was going I was going to watch it, but then I watched the two thousand four pilot, and I realized that I couldn't watch a version where Jane Brooke wasn't the mother, Aww. and I should not have gotten attached to this extremely bad pilot. <laughs> I mean, Parker Posey is is Doctor Smith too. So, that alone, I mean, yeah. it's really yeah. worth watching for mm. what it is. 
Again, not great. Look, the 2004 so version didn't even have Dr. Smith. Ooh, so, thanks. you know, look, when I said was it wasn't Gary good, Oldman, I Dr. meant Smith it. In the movie, I think he yes. was. And he turns into like some kind of alien spider thing. Yes. And also, Lacey Chevere was Penny. Yes, the younger daughter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, yes. we're way off topic, but I, st- I do feel that because. Uh, Lost in Space was a contemporary to the original series, mm, and they yeah. did include, and because it was a it was a family, so they sort of had to at least have a, the idea of yes. <laughs> but but they that that point of view existed there. It was not well served, but it existed. No, I agree. Uh, should we bring this meandering yet fun conversation to an <laughs> sure. end? Sure. <laughs> Good luck. Yes. Thank you for listening to Antimatter Pod. You can find our show notes at antimatterpod.tumblr.com, including links to our social media and credits for our theme music. You can also follow us on Twitter at at antimatterpod. Sometimes we post cat pictures and questions for our audience. If you like us, leave an iTunes review or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Spotify. (laughs) The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. And join us in two weeks when we are going to talk about the Star Trek The Next Generation pilot episode, Encounter at Farpoint. You said show nuts again. (laughs) I'm 12.